VI Shots Live You Podcast, Episode 9. Hello, everyone, and welcome to this episode of VI Shots. My name is Michael Ivaliotis, and this is the podcast devoted to the world of LabVIEW. With each episode, I bring you interviews, discussions, and share with you ideas for how you can take your LabVIEW development to the next level. Well, thank you all for joining me on this episode of the VI Shots podcast. Uh, today, we have a very special episode and another first for VI Shots is having all four people in a podcast at the same time. So thanks to Skype for that, I guess. So a lot of people ask me, you know, Michael, how can I learn more about LabVIEW? How can I expand my knowledge and uh, learn from, from experts like yourself in a different environment other than online? And the answer to that is basically, if you can afford to and have the time, uh, I would suggest to go to NI Week, which happens once a year uh, at National uh, at Austin, Texas, and it's uh, sponsored by National Instruments. It's put up by National Instruments, and there you'll find all kinds of uh, seminars, sessions, uh, a lot of experts. You'll be able to meet, socialize with other LabVIEW experts uh, like myself. And that that is one recommendation that I have. It's one of the one of the best things that you can do is invest in invest time and effort in going to NI Week. And this year, NI Week is being held in August again, in the in the heat of August. And it's uh, I believe this year starts at uh, on August first. Well, um, I guess August second for everyone, and August first for Alliance member companies. And to, to talk more about NI Week and uh, some of the things that you can experience there, some of the sessions that you can view and uh, take part in, I have uh, three esteemed guests here. Uh, one of them you've heard uh, on this show before is Darren Nattinger from National Instruments. Hello, Darren. Hi, Michael. It's nice to have you on again. Thanks. And our next guest uh, we have in the, on the line is uh, Justin Gores, and he's uh, been on this podcast before. Justin, how are you doing? Not too bad, Michael. I'm glad to be here. And the third person we have here is new to the iShots podcast. Uh, his name is Christopher Ralph, and he works for VI Engineering out of Michigan, out of Detroit, Michigan, I believe. Um, Christopher? Hey, Mike. How you doing? Great to be here. It's great to have you, Chris. So uh, to jump into this, uh, I asked before the podcast about a month ago, um, how um, what if, what... What sessions people would uh, recommend to go to and see at NI Week? And several of you responded with some with some suggestions. Uh, I noticed some similarities and things there. Uh, but before we get into that, um, Chris, uh, since this is your first time, I'd like to start with you. Sure. Can you tell me what uh, what what is the the thing you like most about NI Week? What what do you get out of it every year? Well, when I first started coming to NI Week so many years ago, it was more the the introductory sessions, um, introduction to LabVIEW, a lot of the NI new technology. But then kind of as I got to know more and more people in the community and inside NI R&D especially, um, for me now it's more the uh, the community events, uh, being able to sit down with guys like Darren um, to, to talk about some of the more advanced architectures and um, features and capabilities of, of LabVIEW and test down and other National Instruments products. Um, I've also noticed over the last five years or so the 
the technical caliber of the presentations um, has certainly increased a lot. Uh, we used to have a lot more sessions aimed at the beginner user, and, and now we have guys like Darren and, um, and other people from the LabVIEW R&D team who are actually presenting main sessions uh, in our NI week, as well as um, other lead users outside of NI. Um, and I find those sessions extremely valuable. You mentioned uh, networking with people. How have you found that uh, extremely important for you? Absolutely. Uh, NI Week is usually my only face-to-face uh, -face opportunity I have to network with some of the industry leaders, uh, as far as LabVIEW is concerned, and also the LabVIEW R&D team members as well. So uh, the Lava OpenG Barbecue is a perfect example. Sorry to plug that so early. I think it's going to be done sometime during this session, so I might as well do it now. Um, where you can just sit down, have a beer, and kind of talk through more complex and abstract uh, technologies and, and techniques and what have you with those sort of guys and, and really brainstorm some out-of-the-box um, solutions. I, I find that extremely valuable. Um, so you mentioned the Lava OpenG Barbecue. Can you talk a little bit about the, the when that's taking place and what exactly that is? Sure. In fact, Justin on the line at the moment is is organizing it this year, but I have no problem stealing his thunder. <laughs> or or uh, I could talk about it. <laughs> you, you know what? Go ahead. <laughs> why, why, thank you, Chris. Um, so so the Lava OpenG Barbecue um, is something that has become one of the true community traditions at NI Week. Uh, it's happening um, again this year on Tuesday night at 7 p.m., uh, we hold it off-site, you know, off the convention center site, and we sell tickets um, through PayPal. And it's basically a chance for everybody um, who wants to sort of be part of the social atmosphere of the conference, away from the conference, um, to get together and sort of celebrate this independent LabVIEW community that, that we have in Lava and OpenG. Um, it's been going on for, I, I realized this year, I didn't know this, but this will be our 10th year doing it. Um, I think it's the sixth one that I will have been to. We've had it at several different sites. We kind of have moved it around based on what's cheapest and most convenient and, and what we can pull together. Um, but but typically we have, you know, dozens and dozens of people, lots of NI folks show up um, and uh, we try to crowbar some some decent raffle prizes out of various alliance members or or community members and things like that so we raffle a few things off occasionally we get really cool one-of-a-kind uh raffle prizes out of ni we had signed labview posters one year signed by dr t and, and jeff k and then other posters that were signed by by r d we've we've occasionally given away um like vintage shrink-wrapped copies of labview 2 and, and things right. like that um but it's it's a great party and uh everybody should come to that Yes, and this is not sponsored by National Instruments. This is something that um, the website lavag.org and openg.org sort of have collaborated and put together. Um, that's that's right. correct, and it it really has always been, um, you know, a statement of sort of the independent LabVIEW community outside of NI. That having been said, NI really does, you know, in in various ways step up to the plate and sort of help us with. Um, you know, some years they've given us transportation, other years they've like this year, they're sort of helping us promote it a little bit. So it's something that, de that NI definitely is in favor of, but, but it has turned into a very good sort of symbiotic relationship. Um, and I know NI is glad to see the community is as strong as it is. Right. And if people want more information on that, they can go to lavag.org slash BBQ. And what if you don't like meat or you don't eat meat? You're yeah, not invited. <laughs> <laughs> then you're not invited well, to NI week. 
<laughs> no, um, so I, we do um, barbecue is very important in Austin, and uh, and so we we hold this uh, our festivities at a place called the Schultz Garden, which has delicious i'm told mesquite barbecue i don't partake in it but they're also you know reasonably supportive of alternative um preferences and needs um lifestyles yeah alternative probably lifestyles as well it is austin after all um we have to keep austin weird and so yeah and so i mean they have a vegetarian option um and uh there was a couple other people last year that needed you know something special and they kind of do their best look it's not like going to you know your local Mediterranean restaurant getting falafel or something, but, um, but they, but they, you know, but you shouldn't come just because you're a weirdo who doesn't like meat or something like me. Yeah. I mean, everyone goes out and gets falafel these days. I could go for some right now. So it's not a, not so much about the food. Actually, it's more about meeting people and, uh, meeting the people that you've, uh, chatted with online and meeting them face to face and getting really into deep discussions about LabVIEW and all the other technical things. Or not even about LabVIEW, right? I mean, for me, socializing, what, has, yeah. what has always been the coolest thing about the barbecue is that because Lava is such a great community, you sort of get to know these people online and they kind of become your your online friends as opposed to your real life friends, if you have any. <laughs> um, and so NI Week is a great time to sort of see those people. But at the convention center during the day, it's so hard to get time with anybody because there are so many sessions and so many things to do and everybody's, you know, going to meetings or going to this or meeting this guy. And, uh, and it's hard to get time with people. And so this is a good chance to, to all say, look, we're going to go do something that's our thing. And, um, that's how like a lot of online lab view friends have turned into actual real friends for many, many people. And it really has become a piece of glue that holds the community together. Darren, from uh, your point of view, being from within an eye and, um, you know, waiting for an eye week to come around, what, what, what do you sort of see as a benefit for yourself meeting with people at an eye week? Well, as, as an employee and stockholder in National Instruments, it's in my best interest uh, that LabVIEW be the best programming language it can be. Um, and secondarily, since I program in LabVIEW all day, every day, it's in my best interest that LabVIEW be the best programming language it can be. And one of the best ways I've encountered over the past decade of getting good feedback on the things we're doing right with LabVIEW and the things we're doing wrong with LabVIEW is interacting with customers like yourselves at NI Week. not only through the social interactions like Justin was talking about, but also before and after the presentations I give and the sessions that I'm involved with, I, I get more feedback, more direct feedback about LabVIEW at NI Week than I do at any other event throughout the year. And do you, do you have an official, well, not official, but do you have a preferred method of sort of getting this feedback? Do you meet with people sort of in the hallways? Do you meet them at the uh, at, at show booths or in sessions? Where, where do you get that feedback? Uh, all over the place, really. But uh, honestly, the the single place that I've gotten the most feedback on LabVIEW itself is before and after presentations that I give, because I make it a habit uh, when I'm giving a presentation to arrive early and to solicit feedback from the audience on on things that they like and things that they don't like about LabVIEW. Anybody who's ever been to one of my presentations at NI Week knows that I'm pleading with the audience to tell me anything that they anything that they want to about LabVIEW before and after my presentations. And the fact that people are there at my presentation means 
to me anyway, that hopefully they're somewhat interested in what I have, what I have to say. So they sort of see me as someone that they can give that feedback to. And I see those, those before and after sessions and, you know, things like the barbecue is equally important as a, a member outside of NI, because often when you're using a product like LabVIEW, uh, you think of LabVIEW coming from a company like, you know, like National Instruments and you think of it as a company, but when it all comes down to it, the people that work at that company like Darren and, and his colleagues are just programmers like we are. Um, and it's getting that, that feedback to Darren, um, that direct feedback to Darren that can not only, I mean, he can, can give us feedback on our feedback, so to speak, to say that, you know, well, perhaps you could try this other, other way or, you know, there's a new feature we came out with in the last version of LabVIEW or there's something coming down the line that I'm not going to tell, tell you about now, but, it, you know, hold tight. But also, um, also, it's equally important for him to hear that because he's, his view of the LabVIEW world is, no offense, Darren, but somewhat sheltered into only the information that he gets from us. So if we can say to him, you know, you've implemented it this way, we prefer to use it another way, or here's some other use cases or edge cases that, that we want you to work on, it's being able to tap into guys like Darren directly that can actually shape the path of LabVIEW in future versions. And that's, that's super important. And also, Darren can get his ideas for some new features he can work on in LabVIEW. Sure, there, there's a lot. I mean, we within R&D, we are always brainstorming the features that we're going to implement for future LabVIEW versions. Not only ideas from the idea exchange, but ideas that, that uh, come together in-house. And uh, all, in almost every one of those brainstorming sessions, I try to give the perspective of customers that have either asked for that feature or given feedback on uh, things that might be lacking in LabVIEW that this feature might solve. So I, I really like to be that, that voice from outside these walls so, so that we have some perspective other than our own when it comes to adding and changing things in LabVIEW. And there's two kind of more formal methods, you know, outside of the idea exchange, which, which Darren just mentioned, but there are obviously other programs within National Instruments like the LabVIEW Champions program. Um, but there are, there are kind of two on-site opportunities uh, for that direct feedback. One of those is the Architect Summit, which usually happens about six months out of phase for NI Week. And that's when you have to be a, a certified LabVIEW architect to attend that. And that's where you sit down for, for several days. The architects give presentations, um, NI R&D give presentations, and that's kind of a really very tight, close-knit, one-on-one situation where you can really, really access those resources. But, but I see NI Week as an opportunity kind of for, for everyone to have access to those guys and, and, and give that sort of feedback. Yeah, that's great, great advice. So let's get into some of the uh, sessions that are available at, at NI Week to see, um, see what you guys came up with. Now, one, one session that I'm interested in as well, and I know that Darren and Chris have both mentioned, is Advanced Error Handling in LabVIEW. Right. So there's a session called Advanced Error Handling in LabVIEW, and we're not going to get into the details of the timing, like what day and all that stuff. I'm going to post all that on the website so we don't waste our time here in the podcast. But uh, Darren, why, why is this interesting for you? Well, it's, it's a topic that on, on the surface seems simple. Uh, but when you get down into the details of it, uh, Chris was mentioning the Certified LabVIEW Architect Summit. And two years ago, error handling was the topic of the summit. And for two days, we heard presentations on different approaches to doing error handling. And there was no one singular conclusion that came out of all of that. 
So that that tells me that it's a a complex topic that we we really should continue to investigate and, and focus on. And thus, I'm interested in hearing what more can be said about error handling at the presentation at NI Week. Chris, anything to add? Yeah, I gave a presentation at NI Week a couple of years ago to do with advanced error handling, actually with um, with the help of Stephen Mercer, who's is one of Darren's colleagues. Um, and I agree. I mean, there are several right ways to do error handling, but there are many, many wrong ways to do error handling. And what we have in LabVIEW at the moment is kind of a, a monolithic, one-layer, um, built-in error handling solution. Um, and I know a lot of people, including at the Architect Summit, have proposed a whole bunch of different ideas. And, and I, I'm exactly the same. I want to go to this session just to see how what um, what schemas and, and layers other people have built out of necessity on in their own infrastructures that I might be able to leverage. So there's, I mean, there are sessions that, you know, can expand your LabVIEW knowledge, perhaps. And there's also sessions that are just plain fun. And, you know, if you had all the time in the world and you could just attend anything you want, personally, I would go to the sessions that hack things and, and play with hardware. And one of them is, you know, hacking the connect and playing with the connect. And there's actually two sessions on the connect hardware. There's one for 3D video, I believe, and there's one for hacking it and how you can use it in robotics and stuff. Um, I think that's pretty interesting. And just for the fun factor, and because I, I got a connect for Christmas, so. <laughs> um, so I'd like to hack that. Um, so Darren, you picked that one. Is that, what, what is your reasoning behind that? Well, yeah, um, when you were asking me for session ideas a while back, I pointed out that one of the things that I've always wanted to do that I've not had time to do, there is a LabVIEW API for programming the Wiimote for the Nintendo Wii. And I'd love to to play with that and, and get some get some fun stuff going with that. I just haven't had a chance. And the Connect is sort of in that same realm. So when I saw that there was a session on that, it kind of piqued my interest just from the standpoint of a cool video game controller that you can somehow hack and maybe program with LabVIEW someday. Right, and there's a, there's a few sessions like that um, where you where they break apart some hardware and, and go into details. Um, like you you've mentioned another one, uh, HDTV teardown. Is, uh, yeah, is another similar, I guess. Yeah, exactly the same. Uh, I mean, when I was a kid, I took this stuff apart. I just didn't know how to how to put it together or how it worked. Um, and as I mentioned to you before, uh, my my TV at my house was repaired recently, and I was there watching the guy do it. And there's just so much going on in there that that I have absolutely no idea how it works. So anytime I can get sort of a nice bite-sized introduction to how technology works, like a one-hour NI week presentation about that would be, I I'd try to try to jump at the chance. And by bite size, you mean eight bits, right? Um, if that fits into an hour, then yes. <laughs> <laughs> so Chris, uh, I noticed that you picked a few sessions, uh, probably one or two that are test stand related. I know this is a LabVIEW podcast, um, <laughs> but uh, can you explain a little bit on why you're picking uh, test stand sessions? Sure. I mean, we're we're a select alliance partner with National Instruments, and we this is going to be a little plug here. We work across. A uh, handful of industries, including medical, aerospace, and defense. Is, it, um, is this we, where we beep it? This beep, beep away. <laughs> um, but we, uh, most of the work we do is on enterprise-based test um, test systems. So we will provide many different test systems, um, from you know PCB test, populated test, DV test, um, final functional, and those sort of things. Um, so while we do a lot of stuff in LabVIEW. 
Um, we also do a lot of stuff in test down as well. Um, and because they're enterprise-based system, we have our own engineering information management department where we uh, organize the data into information to, uh, to be able to work in with different parts of a, a company. So uh, a couple of the sessions that I put on my list there were um, to do with ATML, Automated Test Markup Language, which is kind of a stepping stone between everyone's comma or tab delimited text files and full um, relational databases. Uh, and how test stand is really strong in uh, in using the HTML standard like for test records and for um, test descriptions. So there's a, a couple of alliance members or alliance par- partners that are uh, giving some more advanced sessions on how to, rather than just, you know, writing a few monolithic sequences um, out of the box of test stand, but actually going into the, the full configurability of test stand because it is a, an extremely robust and configurable product and I, I, I need to learn more about that so that I can extend some of the base architectures we uh, we already deploy here at VI Engineering. Yes, definitely. And uh, we want to make this clear that NI Week is not only about LabVIEW. It's about uh, all different kinds of hardware that interface with LabVIEW. It's about all the different other software platforms that NI sells and, and markets. So it's, it's a very diverse show with... Uh, crosses multiple industries. Um, there's actually um, special tracks. There's like a vision track for um, vision measurement. There's uh, robotics, aerospace, um, all that kind of cool stuff. So definitely something for everyone in there. Now, right. yep. just, to, just briefly about the hardware as well, that's one thing that we're doing is that, you know, we're sending down, because there's so much going on at NI Week in parallel, and we do have those tracks there. I think the tracks this year are, energy technology, RF and wireless tests, robotics and autonomous vehicles, and vision, the one that that Mike just mentioned. Um, But, you know, we're sending people that are specifically uh, software-oriented to be able to go to the the LiveView and the TestDan and DDM sessions. But we also have system engineers that are very specific to hardware platforms, like, um, you know, some of the, the great work NI has done in the past 10 years in in real time in FPGA, um, and the, I think the, the mantra at the moment is that NI brings out a new product every day, um, and it's almost impossible to keep up with that sort of stuff. So that's why, again, NI Week is extremely valuable so that we can have an engineer that is, you know, specify, uh, specifically works in RT and FPGA and what have you to, to go and see what the new offerings are on the table. So, Chris, do you ha- is anyone from VI Engineering doing any presentations? Why, yes, Michael, there is. No, actually, I, I'm the only one this year that's giving a presentation for VIE. Um, I mentioned ATML before, and I'm going to be talking about how it is that step between the you know the really base text files and the database. Um, oh, so so you'll be giving that session. I totally tuned out when you were talking. Sorry. I, I'm not surprised. There are actually two ATML sessions this year. I'm giving one of them. Um, the other one is kind of just more on the ATML standard itself and the different substandards that exist. So we uh, JKI has several sessions. Justin, would you like to talk a little bit about that? I guess. Sure, sure. <laughs> if if Chris gets to plug VIE, now I get to plug JKI, right? <laughs> um, JKI is doing is uh, giving three presentations uh, this year. I guess I'll plug mine first because why wouldn't I? Um, someone earlier mentioned the CLA summit as the sort of six months off phase. Um, the topic of the CLA summit this year was uh, inter-process communication in LabVIEW and the use of different technologies or techniques to communicate 
uh, information around, you know, in multiple asynchronous modules of software. And I did a presentation at that that builds on our free JKI state machine template and adds uh, the concept of public and private events, uh, which use the LabVIEW's built-in user event mechanism uh, to as the piping to pass um, information back and forth between modules so that a module can expose an API and it can fire um, notifications out of itself to other modules that listen to it. And this is all mapped through LabVIEW's events. I gave that presentation at the CLA Summit and it went over really well. And so I've retooled it a little bit uh, to make it a little bit more broadly accessible, I hope. Uh, to a general audience at NI Week. It will still be uh, sort of an intermediate or so presentation, I think, although NI listed it as introductory, which I think was optimistic of them. Uh, and so I will be giving that one, uh, and I'm excited to be doing that. We're also giving a couple other presentations. Omar Musa, one of our engineers, is giving a talk on the five clever debugging techniques that every LabVIEW developer needs to know, but many don't. Uh, we've found over the years at JKI that we'll be tag teaming a project or something and, and one of us will do something, you know, it could be a quick drop shortcut or it could be, um, you know, some novel usage of a breakpoint or whatever that, that will catch the person we're working with off guard and the other person will say, wait a minute, what did you just do? And then it'll be something that like, you know, Omar has been doing for eight years and he thought that everyone knew. And so we've kind of discovered that, that even CLAs, even, you know, people who are really hardcore into LabVIEW. And we have all these little tips and techniques that we don't really realize not everybody knows. And so Omar is going to pull together several of those that he's picked up from the community and from his own experience and from around JKI, and he's going to talk about them. And I think, um, I'm kind of putting him on the hook for this now, but he can't, he's not here to, to protest. So I think that another aspect of that, pro of that uh, presentation will be a Q&A session, you know, to invite sort of everybody who's there to share their tips and tricks and, and maybe make a discussion out of it and, um, and maybe get some of those real corner case sort of edge, um, clever uh, tricks that people are using out on the table so that we can all benefit from them. And then the last thing is uh, our newest JKI engineer, Jack Dunaway is going to be doing a presentation on uh, his experience as one of the uh, most visible and most uh, well-known participants in the, the LabVIEW community ecosystem. Jack is a huge participant in the NI forums and on the Idea Exchange and on the Lava forums, and he really hasn't been using LabVIEW for all that long, but in just a, in just a short period of time, he really has become a leader in the LabVIEW ecosystem, which is, you know, how he came to JKI's attention um, and how we ended up sort of, uh, you know, hiring him. Um, and so he's going to talk about basically how how he and how the rest of us at JKI also um, use the different social networking aspects of like Lava and, and the NI forums and the idea exchange to sort of absorb as much as he can from the community, but also give as much as he can back to the community in a way that doesn't turn community participation into a full-time job in its own right because we have this theory that a lot of people participate in the community a lot less than they could uh because maybe they don't sort of have the tools that, that some of us have developed in order to make community participation easy and make it sort of fun and not something that requires a lot of attention and if you can build a sort of a community uh interaction workflow for yourself although it's not anything that formal um, you can really sort of dip into the river of innovation and camaraderie in the community in a way that, that 
is really beneficial to yourself and other people. And that's what he's going to talk about. So that's our three presentations. Awesome. And uh, Darren, uh, you have a session that you're giving as well this year. And I think it's one that you've been giving before, but it's going to be even better and greater. <laughs> so the past, I think, four years, I've given a tips and tricks presentation. And I tend to alternate between giving tips having to do with development, like how to code faster, and tips having to do with performance, how to write your VI so that they run faster. This year, I'm doing the performance tips and tricks. And like Justin's presentation, mine is listed as an introductory presentation. But also like Omar's presentation, there's a lot of things that I'll be talking about that chances are a lot of advanced developers just never even knew. So I'll be giving some all new tips and tricks for performance suggestions just to make your VIs run faster. And uh, in addition to my performance presentation, my other highlighting event at NI Week is the coding challenge on Thursday. And uh, basically the past three years, I have proven myself as the fastest LabVIEW programmer on the planet. I plan on doing the same thing at this NI Week. So anybody who's listening who thinks they can code faster than me, uh, you're wrong, but you're welcome to uh, try to beat me on Thursday. There you go. I just wanted to put that plug in for the uh, for the coding challenge, just to get people all riled up and mad and hopefully encourage more participation to try to come and uh, dethrone me as the fastest LiveView programmer on the planet, maybe even in the universe. Darren, do you think you'll ever run out of challengers? Uh, well, you know, the same guy went up against me in 2008 and in 2010. So <clears throat> maybe he's the second fastest LiveView programmer. I don't know. But, you know, I don't think I'll run out because the same people keep trying to beat me. It's this, this healthy competition, and I use the word healthy in quotes because Darren's obviously obsessed with it. Um, that obsession <laughs> is actually a good thing because I, I honestly think that it's Darren's want, nay, need to win the challenge that makes him strive to make the Levio IDE even better, like creating tools like the Quick Drop just so he can be faster at NI Week. Exactly. Oh, and I, sh I should point out also that, that Jim Kring himself won the coding challenge several years back before I started competing. And and he said that since I started winning, he's scared to compete against me now. So I'm calling Jim out directly right now that I, I, I wish he would stop being so scared and just come up on stage and, and try to beat me this year. Wow. I was going to remind us all of the all of the uh, the phrase that if everyone reached for the stars, there would be no one left on Earth. <laughs> it's more like it's difficult to soar like an eagle when you're surrounded by turkeys. Or that. <laughs> well, the gauntlet has been, have been yeah, uh, Jim. put down. Bring it on. Uh, we're all calling out Jim to step up to the plate now. I think we are. Jim Kring is the founder of OpenG.org, uh, the author of the LabVIEW for Everyone book, and the president of uh, JKI. And uh, so, of course, there's, um, there's a session called LabVIEW 2011. And we can't really talk too much about what that is, except that it's something about LabVIEW 2011. So that is going to be probably a popular session. And uh, the, every year, it's kind of well known that um, there's a new version of LabVIEW coming out. And it's a big mystery as to what that's going to be. So if you really want to find out, definitely go to that session. And um, I think, Darren, you'll be there to answer questions. Probably. It just depends on what other stuff is going on. I should point out that it's not as big a mystery anymore since... Right now, if you wanted to, you could go to the Idea Exchange and look at the 13 ideas that are currently listed as in beta. And uh, 
get a, a relatively good idea of things you might see at the introduction to LabVIEW 2011. Cool. It's good to see that NI is uh, using that idea exchange in a productive manner and it's actually having a great impact in LabVIEW. So um, this is sort of a general question to all of you. Uh, any other tips that you can give out? Uh, you know, because a lot of us have been to NI week many, many years uh, over and over, and we've accumulated some tips as far as you know, surviving NI Week or getting the most out of it. Uh, anybody else have any tips as that we can pass on to our audience for perhaps for people who are going for the first time this year as to what, what to look out for and what's the best way to get the uh, biggest advantage for being there? I, I do. Um, and this, this is one from personal experience. Your first NI Week or your second NI Week, you will be tempted to stay out late at night um, Austin is relatively warmish around NI week time. Um, and the beard down there is pretty good. And obviously you'll be socializing with all the wonderful people from the community that you just met. Um, but don't be tempted to miss the keynotes. Um, if you're an Alliance member, there's the Alliance day keynote, which I personally think is one of the best because we get to hear from, um, especially in the, the, the financial and the business, um, development offices of National Instruments talk about industry, industry trends with real hard numbers. Um, but there are other keynotes that, uh, especially the new technologies keynote we get from National Instruments, where they show us all of the new boards, uh, the new software modules, the new add-ons that are, that are being launched at NI Week. Um, they, uh, they never, never fail to amaze me with the, the stuff they're coming out with. And that's the place to be to see that. Um, and there's also the keynote where Jeff Godofsky himself gives um, gives a monologue on what he sees in, in test industry and computing um, kind of at a, a broader, more philosophical level. Um, I know that, for example, last year's NI Week, uh, Jeff gave a, uh, a monologue talking about timing and what that means down to the substrate level when we're talking about the computer technologies. And that's always, to me, fascinating because he has such a medium to long range view um, of not only things like LabVIEW, but also the test industry and the, uh, the, the computer industries that, that all of that is built on. So yeah, don't stay out all night. Or if you do stay out all night, at least make sure you're back in time for the keynotes. Yeah. Je Jeff Kodowski, the father of LabVIEW, which is always a, always a fun um, keynote and it's, it's always thought provoking, I find. Right. Fascinating. I have a tip also. Um, this relates to uh, something that Chris said a little bit about, you know, FPGA or, or the low level sort of timing stuff, um, you know, as far as extending, extending one's horizons and things like that. I, one of the neat things about NI week is there are all the different uh, tracks and the different summits or whatever. And, and that was mentioned earlier too. And so something that I've, that I used to try to do, I haven't had time to do it the last couple of years, but, but I like to try to find a session that just sounds interesting in something that I don't typically get to do in my day job. Um, you know, if it's, if it's something that you're interested in, like if you don't get to use FPGA at, at your day job, but you're interested in sort of the technology behind it, I, you know, I would recommend picking an FPGA session to go to um, or, you know, or a vision session or something, just because this is a great opportunity to hear typically someone do a presentation who knows a fair bit about the thing that they're talking about uh, that can be kind of hard to get uh, when you're sitting at your desk, you know, the other 51 weeks of the year or whatever. And the other aspect uh, that's sort of related to that is um, I, I would recommend that no matter how novice you are in LabVIEW, uh, if this is your first NI week and you just got started or something, 
Um, it, don't be afraid to pick an advanced session, um, especially if it's given by somebody whose name you kind of know from Lava or from the community or that you hear that they're really good at giving a presentation because there too, this is the week out of the year that you're going to see some of these people who, who are really, really into LabVIEW um, and you can sort of make a personal relationship with them or, you know, sort of become known to each other and get to hear them talk about something they're really passionate about. And even if it's something that's kind of over your head today, it probably isn't as far over your head as you might think. And it'll give you ideas that you can take home and will make you a better developer as opposed to sitting through, you know, a bunch of sessions that you kind of already know the topic of. Um, it's, you know, it's perfectly okay to sort of stretch yourself that way. That would be my tip. Well, I have one kind of major tip, I think, and that is wear pants. <laughs> Let well, me that by saying as, that as opposed to going naked or something. <laughs> not that there's anything wrong with that. Um, it's hot outside in Austin. It's going to be 110. Um, but inside the Celsius, yeah, you say Celsius. My blood will literally boil. Um, it, yeah, inside the the convention center, it's going to be around about 25. Um, so yeah, wear pants. Darren, do you have any suggest any tips other than yeah, wearing? Yeah, if if actually I wear shorts because you know. Wearing pants when it's 110 degrees outside is against my religion. Um, so if there is a presentation you want to attend and it's being given by someone in the community who's relatively well known, like Chris or any of these JKI guys, you should definitely get there early because those presentations always fill up and it's it's hard to find a seat if you if you get there, you know, even on time because they, they start filling up five or 10 minutes beforehand. That's that's my big logistical tip. Right. Some of those sessions, I think, have um, pre-registration as well. So when you, before you go to NI Week, you can go to uh, ni.com slash NI Week, uh, log on there and pick some of the sessions that you want to go and see. Uh, there's an, also an online um, scheduler, like a calendar, where it'll show you which sessions are on when. Um, and that will pre-register you for those sessions. Because if you haven't been there before, when you walk into the room, they scan your, uh, your conference badge. Um, and if it is a session that's sold out then you're not going to be able to get into it so oh, that's another good tip um as soon as you get to austin and get to your hotel go to the convention center and get registered don't wait till tuesday morning or whatever to do it with the other 1500 people who are going to be doing it at that time um you can typically kind of sneak in and do your registration on alliance day even if you're not there for alliance day so that's important right and usually the registration opens uh sunday late sunday afternoon as well so even, if you that's right fun. even sunday if you're there one, wow, we're just full of tips yeah <laughs> uh speaking oh. speaking of full sessions one one trend that i've noticed over the last few years is the um the object all the object oriented programming sessions typically are always full um perhaps it's because of the increased interest in object oriented programming in LabVIEW, or maybe because steven mercer presents in some of them i'm not sure but i've, I've noticed that so if you're into the OOP stuff, then you definitely need to register ahead of time for those. Well, that was another exciting episode. Thank you for listening to the VI Shots LabVIEW podcast. I'd also like to thank all of my guests today, uh, Darren Nattinger. You're welcome. Uh, Justin Gores. Thanks, Mike. Glad to do it. And Christopher Ralph. Anytime, mate. Make sure to visit the show notes page on vishots.com to find links to the content mentioned in this episode. And we'll definitely put links to all the sessions that we talked about and the different uh, places on ni.com where you can register. You can also leave a comment there on the uh, show notes page, or you can send us a direct email to feedback at vishots.com. 
Thank you again for listening and bye for now. You know, it wasn't until this conversation that I fully realized that a vegetarian is planning the lava barbecue. <laughs> Which is just, that's just, you know, that's all kinds of wrong. You know, yes. you know, we're <laughs> always looking for someone else to plan it. You got to admit that the barbecue is pretty good for a vegetarian organizing it. It is. What do you even eat there? Even, uh, a- they had they had a veggie burger last year. Gross. I've had veggie burgers. They're disgusting. Yeah, and it was a gross veggie burger. It wasn't <laughs> even very good. You just some barbecue one time out of the year? Come yeah, on. just do it. I, <laughs> one time. Girl, we should have called you out during the podcast. Can you put this part in the podcast, Mike? What the hell's wrong with you, Justin? I'm sure he's still recording. That, that is a good... It, boy, if you, only, if, if you had the answer to that question... <laughs> <laughs> I'd be a millionaire. Oh, I, I figure that this year... because. Justin chose the menu, and I figure it's just going to be like fried okra and lettuce. Oh, I, I love want my fried okra. Back. <laughs> Here we so were there, so were there, was there just, just like one veggie burger or something? Yeah, basically. I mean, honestly, they kind of like it's a barbecue place, right? They don't know what the hell they're doing with anything but meat, but they kind of did their best. They throw it on the grill and, you know, make it and put it in the microwave for 25 seconds and... <laughs> for 30 dollars you, you know all all it was was a, a beef patty with some pine nuts pushed into it right <laughs>